0: us now uh from the pwt cast and the pwt store in chicago illinois it is the one and only scrump scrump how are you today my friend
1: bang bang what is up you guys it's a pleasure to be talking to both of you
0: no uh, thank you so you much me. yeah thank you so much for coming on um because i mean obviously you know a lot of people know you from either seeing you on tv with AEW or knowing you from um you know pwt cast or pwts story itself i just wanted to know how did you become involved in uh in um, you know pro wrestling teas in, in the first place
1: so funny enough extreme rules 2012 i meet uh marty de rosa um you know comedian does a mm-hmm. comedian partner of colt cabana one would say and <laughs> through that we developed sort of like this like mentorship where uh he'd always look out for me and you know i would just like him and Colt would do these uh, comedians watch wrestling shows where they would kind of just in the style of like botchamania kind of do commentary over things like that. And like I was not 21 yet, so they would like sneak me in. And again, like I don't drink, but I was just like, Oh, I really want to see these comedy shows. Uh, so Marty and I were always pretty close. And um, I was working at the movies at that time. And these free movie passes would just fall in my lap through one way or another. I don't know what the Statue of Limitations is on that stuff. So we'll just say these movie (laughs) passes would just fall in my lap and I would give them to Colt, to Marty. And then uh, at the time, pro wrestling tees wasn't a thing. It was just one hour tees. And uh, for that Extreme Rules show, I wanted some custom Colt Cabana shirt to wear. And the owner of one hour tees, uh, Ryan Barkin at the time, he goes, hey, he goes, "You're, you're Colt and Marty's friend, the guy with the movie tickets. Do you want to trade movie tickets for uh t-shirts and so that was sort of like the the first interaction between us and just over the years whenever when pro wrestling t's was becoming a thing when our t's becoming bigger marty occasionally would be like hey do you know graphic design do you know how to print t-shirts you know how to do it was just stuff that i didn't know how to do that they needed experience for until he said they need someone to answer the phone they need a receptionist and i said perfect i'm on my phone all day anyway and uh so i started out as reception and that worked for about three four months um because i'm someone who i'm just i'm not used to just sitting at a desk answering a phone um it's just not my thing i know that it is for some people it's cool but i'd much rather like work and so i started working like more with the people in the back the printers and soon they just took me back there. And, uh, just through that, I, I just, I learned, I learned how to do everything. You know, I'm very much, I don't like to get complacent with just one job. So I learned how to like print, I learned how to how pre-treat the shirts. I learned how to just do everything. And through that, I've sort of just made my way up to like, uh, assistant operations manager, uh, which is fun sometimes, but it's also a lot of times when, uh, Things are things are going crazy. That it's just like, hey, uh, Scrum, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do? And I'm just like, <sighs> maybe answering phones wasn't too bad, but no, uh, definitely just getting involved <laughs> with them was was just that, you know. Like even uh, when I had like my actual interview for the job, uh, Ryan was just like, yeah, he was no, nah, I remember who you were. I just wanted to make sure you weren't like weird or anything. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, just I guess I, you know, I always blame Marty Derosa for helping me get connected with pro wrestling Tees. And And uh, I think I've done pretty well for myself here so far. Well, oh, totally. Like I, I
2: think Marty and, and Colt have got a lot to answer for, for the uh, success of, uh, of PWTs. It was Colt's podcast when I first kind of heard of the company. And it's great. It's a, it's a crazy success story i think like i i distinctly remember like here you know the early days of like cult pitching it as a you know more wrestlers should do this to you know the the company you know taking on production of shirts for the likes of impact and I actually even remember that, like, that being a bit of a slight on, on an impact going, oh, impact have fallen. They've got this uh, this indie t-shirt company doing their merch now. What a joke. Little did people know, you know, the, the, the company was getting bigger and bigger to the point where, you know, now comfortably you guys, I believe, do, do the AEW stuff as well. Like, it really has got to be like one of the great success stories, I think, in, in wrestling in these, uh, in these last few years.
1: I mean, Ryan himself, he's a very humble guy like he Mm. won't ever admit it like even we like we just recently interviewed him for episode 100 of the pwt cast and Mm. he just gets so uncomfortable with that and uh and i can see his logic there was one time where i referred to him as like the t-shirt king of chicago and he was like no 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 don't call me that and i was like (laughs) why he goes he goes well he goes sure that you can call me that now he goes but if it all goes away tomorrow you know like i don't want i don't want it to be like oh it's because of You know, his hubris that, you know, that sort of all went away. But like, again, when I first when I first started here, it was the week that we moved into our current location where we are now. And it was one of those Mm -hmm. things where we had so much room. We were we're we're such idiots. We have so Mm -hmm. much space. We don't know what we're ever going to do with this. (laughs) And then it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And then there was uh, this giant warehouse facility next door and. Eventually, wind up buying that. We put the retail store in the front, and then same thing. We have all the space in the back. So much more space. We're never gonna know what to do with it. Oh. Then again, things just keep getting bigger. And there's these warehouses down the street, and we lease one of the warehouses because. Uh, and by that point, we started doing pro wrestling crate, which is our monthly crate subscription.
0: Mm.
1: It used to be. It used to be small enough that myself, my manager, and then whoever we would pull, you know, for the day, we could do it in our break room it was that it was just that small and now it's like a whole 15 person job with like a conveyor belt and and everything and so again we, we buy that bigger warehouse it's the most space we're ever gonna need and we've since then purchased the additional two warehouses next to it and it's just we keep getting bigger which is a good thing you know like very early on in the pandemic um mm. like myself and uh, my buddy matt nix who runs freelance wrestling here in chicago like we didn't know what was going on you know we didn't know oh fuck like is that are we going to pay everyone and everything like to the point where we went into ryan's office and we were like hey we don't know what's going to happen like if you need to pay everyone else pay them first like you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll take care of ours you know we'll work just to make sure everything gets done all the shirts everything gets printed because again like we're all pretty versatile and we can do everything Mm. um but that was not the case because we were as busy as ever. Like a lot of people talk about how during the pandemic they got to watch all of Game of Thrones or they learned how to uh, sew or do some sort of fun activity. It was just normal everyday life for me, you know. Like during that, we were busier than ever. Um, but yeah, no, like mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling Tease is just—it's grown so much. And I mean, even now, like we uh, we had the the. We, I mentioned the crate services, we did we're doing quarterly, uh, all elite wrestling crates, and we sold out in like a day, a day and a mm. half, to the point where like we'd already purchased a bunch of like promotional material as far as like little like uh, cards to put in all the orders because we we're like, well, maybe it won't sell out. And now those are kind of just useless because, again, we sold out in like a day and a half, which is just, it's unreal to us, really.
2: Wow. So would you say like the the, the AEW? I mean AEW coming along like, and especially the cast of characters who are involved with AEW, you know, the likes of the Young Bucks, like that's that's just a match made in heaven, isn't it <laughs> for, for for wrestling teams. Like, as I mean, has it, as it mean, had a huge change in 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 the scale of things? Is that maybe an answer for why you know you guys need that extra
1: warehouse space and the like? I mean, definitely, and I think too, like. The thing with like AEW is again we produce t-shirts for practically everyone on the roster, and cool. um, like with WWE, if you go to a WWE show, like there's no um, Dolph Ziggler shirt or a Chad Gable shirt. Like for these like lower card guys that uh, aren't necessarily in main events, but like with us, you know, we sell like the uh, the QT Marshall shirts or um, you know just people you don't really see. Main eventing all the time, and like those do pretty well as well. So it's not just you know the young bucks, uh, you know, the Kenny Omegas, the hangmans, because those guys again they sell like all last week. All I've seen because in the back we have this like three giant conveyor belts of you know, if you go back, there you just see t shirts going down them. All I've seen are Malachi Black t shirts on that thing for the most part, you know, and um, hmm. yeah, like AEW, it's it's been great, but I mean, even before that, you know, it's New Japan, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, oh, God, mm-hmm. you know, we'd be busy for, you know, for three, four weeks just doing that, like, Black Friday <laughs> is typically the busiest that we was, and I, I remember my first time uh, working, like, pro wrestling tees, pro wrestling side was right when uh, Nakamura and AJ and, and the Bullet Club left, and, God, Again, coming off Black Friday, we're like, oh, sweet, finally, we have like a week. We have we have just like a month or so to relax before we're busy again. And then it's just like, oh, <laughs> uh, did, you, did, you, did you guys hear about Nakamura? We're like, oh, no, what happened? And so, yeah, I mean, with wrestling, it just fluctuates, you know? Like sure. uh, people get signed up. or Our top sellers will get signed up. And then in a month or so, you've got a whole new crop of people that uh, are selling T-shirts like crazy. Wow, I mean, I was going to ask as well about like the you know a big story that
2: you know Melter would constantly report on, and you know, you know the working relationship with with Hot Topic is is that still alive and well? I mean, what what did that mean? I think overall for the for the PWT's business.
1: So the story is uh, it's um, my buddy Joe Enriquez, who uh, we've done an episode, we've done several episodes with him over the PWT cast. He tells the story. um, the The way the story got told through like, I don't, I, I don't know, it was some publication that he and uh, our other friend Taffy, they both went to WrestleMania and they saw Bullet mm-hmm. Club shirts and that they were like, Oh, what's this? Do you guys, that wasn't the case. Um, like they knew who Bullet Club was and stuff like that. And right. going to WrestleMania and seeing so many people in them, um, they, you know, they reached out to Ryan and, That kind of just get the ball rolling with that as far as putting like wrestling t-shirts into hot topic and they still we we still do that um Mm -hmm. you know because the first the the first initial ones that they put in there i know it was crazy because like myself i had to drive to like four or five different hot topics and Mm they were like bigger like mainstream stores too like bigger ones before i could actually like find them because like at, at the shop we have like a, a, cool, a cool display that we got the guys to you know sign their t-shirts and and stuff like that but i know it is still like uh oh, that relationship is still there um because mm-hmm. we have several other like non-bullet globe t-shirts and, and stuff in there i know dan housen uh you know with help from us he put out like a halloween t-shirt uh last year um mm-hmm. but no yeah i mean it was it was crazy again along with that it's i was at the time uh I was dating a girl who worked at Hot Topic, um, <laughs> and and she was like, "Fuck, why there's so many of your people coming in here?" And I was just like, what, "What? What do you mean? What's going on?" And she was like, "There's just so there's so many people like just coming in nonstop, and you figure like everyone's bought a Bullet Club shirt. Everyone who wants a Bullet Club shirt has already bought one." But mm. that wasn't the case. Like, people were still going in, buying all of them, like, buying in every size, you know? And, like, typically it's, all oh, the 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 very small sizes are the ones that are left over. Like, no, all sizes were just gone. And, mm. again, that was just, like, to me, it's a testament of, like, yeah, like, I guess not everyone knows pro wrestling tees is a thing, which is crazy mm. to me, because I, I figure everyone knows who we are, but there are still some people out there who, like, still enjoy going into like a physical brick and mortar store to, to purchase their bullet club stuff and yeah like that relationship is still there um will we see aew stuff pop up in hot topic uh i guess I, i'll ask joe I'll let you guys know but mm-hmm. um yeah no that that relationship is definitely still there and it, again it was it's crazy it was crazy to see that you know like through that the young bucks and and kenny and the boys they all got thrown funko pops which was pretty <laughs> sweet
2: no definitely like say you guys are a big part of like that that just feels like one of those ways that like hardcore wrestling has bled into a bit more of a a mainstream culture and i think that that relationship was always like a, a really interesting story to follow i mean you mentioned there you know the hot topic physical stores i mean you guys have got a, a physical store there as well for uh for pro wrestling tees like any any good memories of working there like i know you guys have done a lot of sign-ins a lot of wrestlers have been there uh, in and out of that store and uh yeah I've, uh, I've I've done different things there. i've seen queues down the street and in, uh, in photos and stuff like you guys have had a lot
1: of uh, memorable events at the, the store i believe well the most memorable of course being uh uh the first time i met uh john pollock uh way 18, Davey Portman and Braden Harrington. We uh, oh, wow. the store was closed, but I but I said no no no. I've got some nice Canadian boys coming here. They they came all the <laughs> way from Canada, and VIPs. you know yeah VIPs. We, we let them shop after hours. We, I I gave them the the brother discount. Um, <laughs> yeah no the, the retail store again. It's one of those things where we're like, is it smart opening up a retail store in twenty eighteen? Maybe you know and yeah like people would come all the time and when we would have these signings like. Oh, God, It'd be like a mile long line, and we're just like, at what point do we cut it off? I don't know. And the good thing is, too, like most of these wrestlers, i I can't really recall there being one who's just like, "Oh, can you guys please cut off the line? Like they're all super cool. Um, I specifically remember Naito. I think my favorite experience uh, being at the store was with Naito because uh, of course, there was he understood English, but there was also I was like, well, hey, I was like, I speak Spanish. I don't know if if which one you're more comfortable with and He's just like ah whatever. We're like all right sure. And he was so nice to everyone. You know he would every, people would come up. He would get up, uh, bow. You know, sit back in his chair, and he signed every single autograph. Tetsuya Naito, Los oh, okay. Inglorables de Japón, L.I.J. Which <laughs> meant it took for it mean it took forever to get through all of them. And like I told him like hey like you don't like you don't have to do that for every single autograph. You know. And he was just like, no, 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 it's okay. And then, yeah, like he he stayed around longer. Like, I believe it was, I think it was maybe Zach Jr. who was like driving him around that day. And we, he was just like, I like, bell time. I got I gotta go to the show. And one of us wound up dropping him off. But um, he was super cool. Same thing like when Okada was there. You know, I've um, I've told the story before on my own show with Okada that day. Uh, I was tasked with driving him and Tiger Hitori to their hotel after their autograph signing. And uh, Tiger Hittori, the whole time spent, uh, he spent his whole time there uh, telling my co-host on the PWT cast, Stank, who is a bigger guy, uh, to move to Japan because Tiger Hattori wanted to uh, make him a sumo wrestler, you know, and we we're just like, ah, oh, honey, he would just like, look at him, and go, no, Dave, I'm serious, move to Japan with me. So, which, of course, <laughs> Dave was just like, yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, we're like, we're driving. I'm, I'm driving them back and I'm like, hey, do you guys want to listen to music? You know, Okada's right next to me, Tiger in the back. And Okada goes, uh, yeah. I'm like, what do you want to listen to? You want to listen to to Drake? He goes, uh, yeah, sure. And so we're driving, we get right down to like the, the end point of the alley. And he goes, oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. He goes, uh, remember me. He starts singing the song <laughs> Remember Me from Coco. And I'm like, oh, you want to listen to the Coco soundtrack? He goes, yeah. So I put on the Coco soundtrack. Um, I'm driving them to their hotel. At one point, you know, the music is just playing. I look over, Tiger Hattori and Okada, both those tired boys just knocked out. And I'm just driving and I, I'm just like, what is my life That the, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like the former IWGP champion and the legendary Tiger Hattori have fallen asleep to the Coco soundtrack like in my car as I drive into their hotel. Like, it's just one of those things where you, you're like, you know what? Life is good. Like, life is... It's random, That's but it's just
2: very awesome. Uh, you know, don't do yourself down, man. You're a bit of a, a mini celebrity yourself. I've seen you uh, front row at a bunch of shows and thought, oh, there, there's Scrump on my TV. There he is. There's the guy. Um, like, I was, <laughs> I was actually going to ask about, like, one particular memorable show. I know you were at, uh, at Money in the Bank 2011, and I was going to ask about that, you know, it being the you know, anniversary of, uh, of that this weekend, you know, 10 years, but I was also just going to ask about, you know, CM Punk in general. I think he's probably meant a lot to pro wrestling tees. I've always kind of liked that, that relationship that you guys, you know, had over, over time is like, you know, a way of keeping CM Punk, involved in like the wrestling business and even when he was most vocally not wanting to discuss wrestling you know he'd still go and do like a, a signing with you guys and stuff i mean he's a you know you're a chicago company he's very much a, a chicago guy and yeah it seems like he's been a, a big part of the history of the company
1: so we'll talk money in the bank first then, and get to punt because of course sure. I've, I've got plenty but with money in the bank funny enough i was sort of a laps fan at that point like um i i didn't get into wrestling till late i get into wrestling uh the go home show to SmackDown, the Go Home SmackDown right before WrestleMania 20. Up until mm-hmm. then, I was a kid who was too cool for wrestling. Who had to tell you how it was fake and how it was dumb and all <laughs> all these things. You know, I was I was too cool. Our for times school,
0: have but- changed. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Then yeah, Eddie Guerrero comes along and I'm just like, who is this? You know. Um, but I was sort of a lapsed fan by then. And then I hear everyone telling me because CM Punk is always a huge CM Punk fan. He's from Chicago, and it's just if anyone's from Chicago, I'm instantly just like, oh okay I'm like, i guess they're my new favorite wrestler but i was i caught a wind of uh because i believe he drops my, my birthday is june 26th he drops a pipe bomb june 27th mm-hmm. um so it was one of those things where I, like everyone's just telling me about it and i'm like all right like let me check it out you know i turned 18 i'm, I'm too old for wrestling now at this point but let me check it out and i was i was back in. i was all in you know and uh, I remember my dad, again, at that point, hadn't taken my sister and I or my brother and I to any shows in like two or three years. And we're just like, please, we, like, we have to go to this one. We have to go to this one. CM Punk's going to win the title and probably meant nothing to my dad. And he's just like, all right, sure. He asked if Kurt Angle was going to be there. That's his guy. He, he always asks about Kurt Angle. And ironically, now he looks just like Kurt Angle. Um, <laughs> but money. And I remember we had we just had like these like shitty nosebleed seats, but it didn't matter. Like to me my favorite match I've seen live. Um, it's just, it was such a, such a great match, you know? And it was one of those things where we didn't think punk was going to win, you know, like it, mm-hmm. cause there was that thought in the back of your head. where it's just like, mm, that's not really something they're going to do. That's, this isn't something they normally do. Um, but no, he wins, you know, g- gets out through the crowd. And it was just insane. It was just, again, I've, I've never been that happy at a wrestling show. I've never felt that way. Like, there's just the electricity was tangible, you know. It was just it was a whole different experience. The one thing I was bummed about though was I wasn't able to get that fancy, super new shirt that he came out with, which was super limited and was completely sold out. So that happens on a Sunday. That Tuesday, I decide to go uh, get this. And for you guys who can't see through the video, it, it's the CM Punk logo with the Chicago flag in his fist. I go wow. and get it tattooed that Tuesday because, again. I'm just like, this is the best wrestling event ever, be the best thing ever, and I go and get it, and they put out the shirt, like, the next week, which was fine, you know, because I still very much like the tattoo. Fast forward to, again, now I'm working at Pro Wrestling Tees. We've At Pro Wrestling Tees, they've now started working at, uh, it's called C2E2, it's this comic book convention here in Chicago, and they're working with CM Punk. I know that because the, the year before that, the first year they did it, I went as a fan. And now they're like, yeah, uh, you and Frank, my, my manager, you and Frank are going to work with CM Punk. And I'm just like, <sighs> oh, oh my God. You know, like I purposely, like I wear a long sleeve t shirt because I'm like, I don't want him to see the tattoo. This is going to be so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember me and Frank, we get there early to kind of set everything up at the booth. And Punk shows up and he's like, oh, hey, Frank, how's it going? He goes, the you're, you're the kid with the CM Punk tattoo, right? And I just, um, all the color just leaves my face. I'm just like, yeah. Um, but no, Punk is, he's like the nicest dude. Like I know a lot of people have had bad interactions with him, and again, from working with him so many times at these conventions, I'm almost pretty sure that uh, they're all one-sided stories, and it's not just, you know, I went up to him and said hello, and he was just a jerk, because more often than not, it's, uh, hey, Phil. When are you going to come back? Oh, you're fucking lying. I know you're coming back. You know, just like things like yeah. that. Sorry for swearing. I'm not sure if I could swear on this. Oh, I plenty Okay. <laughs> a lot of times it's just interactions like that. Like, no, he's generally just like a cool dude. You know, he, he'll stay later for the signings that he's supposed to. Like, he's just, he treats his fans like really nice. And it, again, um, it's one of those things where we keep having signings and it's almost like, oh, geez, like are people still going to come? Like, Are are they going to keep coming? And it's even like something that he wonders and people still come. And it's always new people as well. Like it's never – you see some of the same old faces. But a lot of times it is just a lot of the same people along with just new fans. And like Punk generally enjoys doing it because like he's not someone who – who he'll just do it for like the paycheck you know i mean again from from at least from my perspective from the time that i've gotten to know him yeah like he doesn't because there are people who will come up and they're just like yeah i own you know this comic book shop in cincinnati and you know we'd love to give you x amount of money to come by and do a signing for this and doesn't really do things like that um and again it's cool that like he's so like he is such a chicago boy and it also probably doesn't hurt that he lives about five minutes from the shop uh you know but like he always he he'll come by, you know. He'll again he'll stick around. He's always super cool to the staff, because that's a thing too. It's like because we've gotten so bigger, there's so many newer people that work here who will just like, is that him? Can I get a picture with him? And we're just mm. like, oh yeah, that, that's fine. Go ask him. Or, you know, you'll have to be like, hey, my buddy Beno really wants a picture with you. <laughs> is, is, you know, is that fine? <laughs> and um, yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah, like I saw that t- today was a 10 year anniversary, and I mean, it's awesome. You know, like. Would it be, like, would it be fun to see him back in wrestling? Like, sure, but selfishly, like, I don't know. The guy seems like he, he's really content on just not coming back. And, um, you know, it's, it's like I would say, like, if, if you were to see him pop up, if you were to see him pop up again in something, that'd be cool. I definitely don't think it would be WWE, um, but it'd be fun, you know. Like, of course, everyone's always like, oh, wow, it's in Chicago. Like, you know, Braden mm-hmm. Harrington it's just like he's like punk joe four in chicago wouldn't that be cool i'm like yeah sure but i don't know if that's something he wants to do you know oh um, with yeah
2: Brian.
3: definitely
0: i can't <laughs> i can't see him coming back at all i know uh, beno seems to think he might be coming into AEW, but i think i think he's wrestling now yeah it, uh, if he doesn't come back at all
2: out he's never coming back that's that's my you know not knowing the man distant uh belief on it but maybe i'll just hold not too much hope false hope <laughs>
0: But um, before we let you get off, um, Scrump, um, obviously, you know, a huge part of what you do also at at PWT is the PWT cast, which seems to be going from success to success. Um, Not just wrestling. You talk about a variety of things on there, don't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was kind of one of the things like when we first thought of the idea was like you could go listen to, you know, Stone Cold or Talk is Jericho or The Art of Wrestling at the time. And and listen to these wrestlers tell their their life stories and all these cool things. But like to me, it was more fun um, sitting down with like a Brody King and talking Quentin Tarantino movies, or mm-hmm. with an Ethan Page and talking about the time he almost you know wrestled the Green Power Ranger. Just um, it's been more fun for us to just kind of sit down and uh, talk everything but wrestling. I know someone else has started up an Everything But Wrestling podcast, uh, but you know that was kind of the the idea we had going into it and even and like we you know we've had people on like um john pollock and waiting and it, it to me it's one of those things where it's like these guys you know they're the as their theme song goes the the, the kings of combat sports podcasts so mm-hmm. it, it's fun to me to like oh i was able to these people who i listened to for years now i'm you know i'm behind the microphone asking them questions very much in the same way like uh, I I definitely oh, oh I print T-shirts for AEW my way into getting uh, an interview with Kevin Smith like right after he appeared on AEW, um, which again was one of those wild things where I was just like that there's no awesome. way
0: yeah <laughs>
1: yeah you know I was like there's no way this is gonna happen and then it happened and like the scariest thing for me and like I, I guess probably related as like podcasters is like I'm sitting there recording and my equipment I'm looking at the battery and it drops down from three bars to one. And I'm just sitting there just oh my God. I'm like this is I'm like, please don't please don't die out on me. And thankfully thankfully batteries stuck around long enough where they were able to record, you know, our we were able to record our interview and then um, you know, like a little a nice little tag for that I throw in front of some of the episodes. Uh but I mean it's just that, you know, myself and Stank, like we just we enjoy talking with uh wrestlers sometimes there's people that we work with even that because um surprisingly like a lot of people enjoy hearing uh about you know like the comings and goings of pro wrestling tees like from the actual staff and people that do it and yeah yeah, like like i mentioned it's fun you know it's cool to talk about uh wrestling but like i prefer to just leave that for uh more serious wrestling podcasters you know like I, I'd rather talk to an Eric Bischoff and see if he's watching WandaVision because those are the <laughs> kinds of things that you know I'm I'm more interested in.
0: Well, I know you're a huge, huge Marvel fan. Um, Loki's just finished a spoiler-free uh, two-minute review. How, how how did you find <laughs> it? Cause I know it's been a bit divisive, hasn't it, among uh, Marvel fans?
1: I I loved it. Like Loki, to me, was a character who, when in Endgame, the opening you know opening minutes of Endgame, you see him you know die. I was like, I was so upset because I'm like, you, he, he finally turned full babyface and Thor Ragnarok, you know, like he finally came around. We were gonna see that relationship with him and Thor, and then, uh, you know, he dies, and I was bummed out. And even when they said, oh, here, you know, Loki's getting his own TV show, I was convinced it was some sort of just like lame cash grab to keep him around. Hmm. Um, but by like episode two, I'm like, oh no, I 100% see where they're going with this, and I am. You know, I am Kota Ibushi at the Sears Center. I am all in. Like, <laughs> you know, it just, I want all of this. And like, um what's say? Owen Wilson, too. I was oh, just like, so I don't good. know how yeah. to feel about this guy. Marvel in two, three episodes made me care more about Owen Wilson's Mobius more than like DC has been able to make me give a fuck about like Superman or Batman in these movies that they've put out. Post Nolan, yes. Batman. Like, they made me care so much about this, you know, this person that I'm I'm just, like, you know, good on you guys for uh, hiring such, like, great writers and directors. And, yeah, like, you know, there was a little bit of a cliffhanger ending. Um, I'm just – I'm so excited. Like, I'm so excited for the next few years of Marvel. Like, I, you mm-hmm. know, I talked about it with, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, WH and Brother Nate and No the other day. It's, like, the next five, six years of Marvel, it's just – it, everything's just kind of up in the air because they can do whatever they want. And I think that's that's when, you know, like those Marvel shows are the, or those Marvel movies are the best. I mean, just storytelling and best is when you don't have to follow a specifically linear line where you can kind of just do whatever you want. And the fans have enough faith in you that like, sure, do whatever sort of you know, uh, left field thing you want because you have the track record, you know? You can either... Uh, the best way I've compared it to is like an AEW will throw a darby allen into the main event you're like yeah i trust you as opposed to like a wwe that's like you know what goldberg and you're kind of just like oh another goldberg band
2: service isn't it wrestling can learn a lot i think from like the do we think that they've got an mcu they haven't like
1: they've definitely got the dceu yes
2: yeah that's the better comparison Yeah, yeah
0: scrump you've been absolutely brilliant um when we when i was coming up with this thing you were definitely i guess i so wanted to get on because i know you've had a, a very very interesting life and lots always lots of interesting stories so uh thank you so much for coming on and um uh, we'll let you get off and get our next guest on
1: i appreciate it thank you again and uh anytime i'm here excellent cheers, Scrum.
0: thank you mate cheers cheers see you later yeah no, oh, he was absolutely brilliant. I mean, he, he plays it down, but what a life if you're a wrestling fan to like have his job. And I know obviously he's worked Ugh. very hard for it, but like some of the stuff he he's done. Imagine has just being been me, amazing.
2: man. I'm, I'm sat I'm sat here. Like, I wanna be CM so Punk's friend. I, I wanna work for a wrestling <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah. And like I say, like I think a lot of times I feel like I've seen Scrum turn up on like the, the corner image on like a, a notable wrestling TV show as well. Um, yeah, he's the he's a man. Uh, and the podcast is great as well. People should definitely check that out.
0: Oh, definitely. And um, we're not slowing down just yet because um, I think he's on the line now. Uh, We've got the youngest in charge, as Nate Milton calls him, the double underscore (laughs) as waiting calls him, and I call him my co-host on the Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure. It's none other than Mr. Andrew Thompson himself. Andrew, are you there? Yes, sir. Indeed. Andrew, thanks for joining us, mate. Much appreciated.
3: What's going on, man? What's going on, Benno? How you feeling?
2: Uh, good man. Uh, we're feeling okay. We've been in this thing for a, a good few hours so uh, <laughs> you know, you're here to brighten our day, and uh, yeah, uh, keep keep us going. But always good to chat to you.
3: Yeah, hanging in tight, man.
2: Oh, that's it. Oh, feel the almost delirium's busy about to kick day. in.
0: I think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Oh,
0: it's coming. Well. I can feel it coming on. But um, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, obviously. Everyone knows Andrew as being, you know, an excellent wrestling journalist, you know, excellent interviews, excellent, you know, really comprehensive updates for the site. But also, Benno, did you know me and Andrew were talking and he's also a great tipster for any American sports. If you're looking to put a bet on an American <laughs> sports, talk to Andrew first. This man predicted, and I know it's 2-2 in the finals, this man predicted a Bucs win and it's looking likely. Um, so, yeah, if you ever need... Any tips oh, okay. for American sports, Andrew's Your man—he predicted this weeks ago, and everyone was behind, and now everyone's catching up with Andrew. Andrew, yeah, obviously that's one of your passions, isn't it? Basketball and American sports.
3: Yeah, I've always been a a big basketball fan. This—I got this funny picture in my phone, and I—I I, I might put this out there one day. Well, maybe one day because this is like peak embarrassment. It was me on my um my freshman high school basketball team, and bro, like when you see. Me compared like at that time, this was this had to be like 20, 2011 or, or, or maybe even two thousand nine or two thousand ten. Like to, to see like I, like because I, I we I played on yeah I was on the freshman team and these dudes were humongous bro like it was <laughs> ridiculous like I'm talking about like the size difference like between the other team and our team it was it was hilarious like I got this picture on my phone I I, I, I might show y'all this one day but I, I promise you people will get a they they get a kick out of that it was it, it was pure comedy.
0: That's awesome. I can't wait to see that one, just you uh, <laughs> with all these giants. But yeah, Andrew, obviously, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we obviously yeah. podcast uh, every month, um, you know, been doing it for a while now. But um, I suppose we mainly talk about sort of like, you know, wrestling from the past and stuff. But we barely sort of, um, you know, delved into each other's sort of like backgrounds in wrestling and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, everyone knows you through your interviews and uh, you work with post-wrestling now. But um, how did you originally get started as a, as a wrestling journalist?
3: Ooh. uh but back in 2017 or late late 2016 actually i remember i was this is when i was in uh community college and i, I always wanted to write about pro wrestling but I, I never like of course didn't know how i didn't know how you got into this field i, I really didn't like i didn't think it was like a, a thing that like I, I would see people like do um interviews and stuff like that with, with wrestlers and I, I thought that was all it was I didn't think it was like a whole thing of like you you know what I'm saying like doing, doing what I do now with the news updates and stuff like that and you know finding out different stories and you know hearing about these you know inside stories and people doing you know did the, the, some, some, some great uh great work out here as far as reporting on stuff but like I, I didn't think it was more than just outside of interviewing wrestlers and I remember I first my the first side I ever wrote for it was this guy. Um, I, I I wish I could remember his name. You you want to know what's funny? I, I really never knew the dude's name, but he he uh, gave me a chance to write on this site. It was for e that wrestling news, or it was e wrestling news. And he he just let me write like some columns on this site. And I remember the first article I wrote was it was a, a a Royal Rumble 2017 predictions article. And I thought this was like the greatest shit in the world. Like I was like I, I made it and <laughs> in in I I, did it I did it for free and like I was just so excited to like just have something published in my name because it was like something I always wanted to do and then not too long after that that's when I started writing for um the the, the more known site called e-wrestling E, e Wrestling news because the, the site I wrote for previously had a dot in between the, the name but this one's just the <laughs> I think though I think the one people I think the one people are aware of uh e-wrestling news and you know, that's when you know I started covering the news and stuff like that, and it, it was kind of rough at first because, like, I, I felt like I made like a lot of mistakes. Like, I was like, you know, covering stuff from um, covering certain reports that like was just fishy, and like it it was just like it didn't really you know add up when you started doing like the groundwork. And you know, I made my mistakes through it, and then I started getting better. And um, after that, I believe I wrote for um, Laws of Pain, uh, which is now known as Wrestling Headlines. And then after that, I wrote for FIFA and now I'm at Post. So yeah, it, it was like a um, it, it, it's definitely something that I didn't think I would be able to, you know, to see to see where I am now. But uh, it, it's definitely been a fun ride, man, and I still enjoy it this, the the same way uh, than when I first started. I always had that mindset of like the the moment I I stopped feeling that like like the the love I have for it is is when I will stop, because like I still have mm-hmm. that same exact feeling that I do have now because i feel like like sometimes when you and and i i still take what i do like extremely extremely seriously like i take it you know at at the highest. like i hold the 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 journalism part and the the news research and then making sure everything is accurate i put that with the highest regard but i also want to make sure that i actually still love what i do and i feel like as long as you as long as i have that intact then you know i keep doing this as long as long as i can so yeah
0: yeah, because definitely, obviously, you do get a lot of compliments about how comprehensive your updates are, and you certainly cover a lot of stuff. I mean, how do you manage to sort of, like, fit that in in a day? I imagine you've got, like, a you're listening to a podcast and you're watching a documentary, <coughs> and then you've got your phone up, like, scrolling through the news. Is that you're constantly sort of, like, yeah, transcribing probably. things and making notes?
3: So I, I try to keep just, uh you, you know, it, of course, there's certain, certain podcasts that I'll subscribe to to listen to because there'll be, you know, some good stuff out there. Like, I know a lot of people, um, listen to you know Renee's podcast and like it is just some stuff that I'll just you know come across scrolling on Twitter and I'd be like oh that's cool I don't know if people uh if you if somebody else saw that and I you know I get it you know just come across just you know searching stuff through uh through Google and whatnot and you know ba- basically mo- most of it is like just stuff that I've come across on Twitter and like I'd be like oh I wonder if anybody saw that and then by the time I get the news update uh up and ready you know i see that it hasn't been covered and i'd be like oh this is cool you know it'll probably be the first time people will see this is in the news update so yeah i i really like doing that like it, I, I, it's fun for me like i take like a great amount of pride in that so yeah it, it, it's real cool man
2: oh you sure man because like you know post wrestling is you know it's john and way's baby but you know yeah. Kind of it, the other name that appears on the front page isn't it which shows the the trust in you that that, that john's got like I, I didn't know that you'd um written for fightful before i didn't realize that. i thought post was uh where you got your start was it a case of like did you like pitch to john you know this is my work and you know or did he yeah. head on you or how did you end up um on our fair website
3: I've, I've been a you, you wonder know, it's funny so um what was that thing that Davey and Braden recently did? Not, not not the money in the bank one, but it was the it was the WrestleMania game show that they did, right? And I I know I don't mm. know if you remember, but me and Way did the um the, the, the trash talk uh one-on-one type thing. And mm. <laughs> I, I I still got beef away for this because he did me dirty. Way read the email that <laughs> I sent to John. Oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> now. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he read the email that I said hey hey oh, you know, but, but over you know, I say I was done after that but <laughs> you know, when I say I did not have a chance like I'm talking about the whole chat turned against me I was like oh I see. you I was like y'all are phony as hell I, and I I, I I told I best his way out of that I was like you know you wrong I like but but yeah I, I um I, I want to you, you want know it was funny like I, I think next month, like I think like in a couple weeks, it'll be like the two year anniversary since I joined Post. Cause I, me- I remember when I, I emailed John, I I remember the exact exactly where I was when I first sent John the email. Cause I was at the um this was in 2019. I was at the basketball court with my friends and I was tired as hell. I gassed out quick. I ain't got no tank at all. I was I was done. So I remember I sat down. And and I was just like you know because I, I I it's it's so weird because I remember even when um when I was at university I would like listen to listen to Ronda Raw and and listen to John and Wade's different podcasts like what well, I would like walk to my classes in the morning and then like you know all these years later end up you know writing for him is is is, is kind of crazy but yeah I remember exactly where I was when I first emailed him and then he hit me back and then initially he 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 wasn't. He wasn't sure. Like he was kind of like hasn't sent a little bit. And then I remember when he gave me the shot to do the news update. I was like, I'm gonna load this thing up with so much news, like it's gonna be literally impossible for him to say no. And I sent John and he he, he still remember I talked to him about this not, not too long ago or so sometime a couple months back. I sent John twenty-eight pages of different news <laughs> items within the past, I would say like three days, and I sent it to him. And I remember, like, I I said that. I had I had the gig at post like three days or, or, or a week or so after, or it became consistent, and then that's when it became official. So yeah, that I remember exactly where I was when I um yeah when, when I when I pitched myself the the John away.
0: I've just got this image of you now loading this thing up and then whacking the send button and going, yeah, turn that <laughs> down, Pollock. <laughs> That's absolutely (laughs) brilliant, yeah. But, um, yeah, obviously, you know, much deserved getting the job there because obviously everyone enjoys your writing there. But obviously, you know, you've got your YouTube channel as well. Um, obviously, you've done tons and tons of interviews, haven't you? I just wanted to know, like, some of your favorites. I know, uh, was it the security guard for WWE? He was one of your personal favorites, wasn't he?
3: Yeah, that that was definitely one of my favorites. Um, I got an interview coming out uh, this coming week with uh, Jalsey. I don't know if you guys he he just competed on AEW Dark and he won the Black Wrestlers Matter Championship uh, last month so I'm I'm excited to talk to him and kind of see his little um not little I, I hate when I threw that word out there not little but um just, just his rise of professional wrestling so yeah he I think you could catch him on the latest episode of AEW Dark I forgot who he wrestled um but yeah it was cool to see him out there and um yeah one of my favorites probably was that interview with James Tillis the security guard he worked for. the wwe from uh early early 2000s so late late 90s to 2011 and the stories he had was crap and i and i figured he had some 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 crazy stories and i like even how i came about setting that interview up was just weird because I, I was listening to the busted open radio doing something for the news update and i heard armando uh estrada was talking about some of his old days at WWE. He mentioned one of the security. He kept bringing this dude's names up. He was like, you know, man, security guard James Tips. I was like, who, who, who is this dude? Because he keep bringing him up. So I looked him up, and I couldn't find his Twitter, so I saw, saw his LinkedIn, and, like, you saw the little, um. it said his date that he worked for WWE, so I just messaged him, and then, you know, we went from there, and I ended up talking to James for damn near two hours, and, you know, the, the probably the funniest story he had was, um, was when he, he 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 was the one that took Vince McMahon to the hospital after he tore his quads. <laughs> and Vince is uh, as as we all know quite quite the individual with his with his choice of words and that and how he acts in certain situations. And another one was um he had when Nathan Jones I don't know if you guys remember him but he uh they 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 went for a tour to Australia and Nathan just decided at the at that moment that he wasn't going back to WWE like he just he he, he didn't get on the flight and he stayed home and like they had to. I guess make some changes with him cuz they thought he was coming back. So, yeah, and it, it, another one, probably my favorite one is, is Christian cuz that's more like a a childhood thing for me and it's cool to see Christian doing this thing at AEW. I was glad to see him uh get get that reaction that he got uh this past Wednesday. So, yeah, man, it's, it's cool, man. Like it's another it's it's great to see um, you know, people back in attendance at these shows. You know, even though the pandemic's still going, but you know, it's still it, it, I, I I I I pro wrestling is not pro wrestling without people in attendance like it's just Mm. not it it, it, it's just not and it never will be the same without people reacting to it reacting to a live like you know it's just cool to see
0: oh yeah definitely because um yeah prior to the pandemic you were going to um live shows and conventions and stuff and conducting interviews weren't you
3: yeah that 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 was probably that's probably like the best thing about this like working in wrestling is like going to shows and doing like in-person interviews and stuff like that it's just cool because i i always get like super super nervous before like every interview and it's not like bad nerves it's just like i just want to do well and perform well like it like i just i just want it to flow so like i always like it but it, it's, it's never like this like oh I, I think it's gonna be horrible type. it's like i just i don't know it, it's like those good type of nerves that's just the best way i could do, i can describe it
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but like you said, you know, wrestling is nothing without fans and we have had, you know, no fan wrestling for a while. So I suppose it's a question for you, Andrew and Benno. You know, what has been sort of like the, the best stuff to come out of this uh, this pandemic here, in, in your opinion, now that we're sort of like moving out of it? I know AEW have been out of it for a while, but what has been some of the best stuff you've seen during the, the pandemic era of wrestling? You, you,
3: you go ahead, Benno.
2: Yeah I was going to say like I think AEW as a whole really um I think they've best best kind of dealt with the situation. Um, you know WWE and the Thunderdome has been a been a rough watch the Thunderdome was definitely <laughs> better than the uh, it was better than the uh, what you call it the uh, the, the, PC, it the PC the PC in the PC right? <laughs> oh, that was rough that was rough. Um so like it got better but it still wasn't so good. I think AEW proved over the year that you know you can you can still provide a good product. They were a little bit ropey at the start with some of those shows that they kind of panic bulk taped, and we had weeks of Jericho and commentary, and it no one really knew what was going to happen. But once they kind of got into their zone, you kind of forgot that it was empty arena wrestling, and and it wasn't really with them having you know the roster in the in the front row, and then later you know in this year they've had they've had fans in place. I think. Yeah, AW being the real winner. I think they've exposed WWE really. I think WWE were were quite lazy during the period, and obviously now we're, we're seeing the other big names getting thrown at things, and they're, they're gonna they're gonna at least make an attempt to uh, to get a bit of buzz going. But yeah, I think uh, AW shows as a whole have kind of been by a highlighter enjoyed some new japan and um, but not enjoyed a, a <laughs> lot of the rest of new japan uh, too many six fans do I'm, I'm guess you know i'm sure when you write those news updates and it's like oh yeah lij beats you know the same three wrestlers uh you know <laughs> father Rishi and whoever uh, in the in the opener there we go again um i don't think that's been particularly exciting but i think i think as wrestling fans in general i don't know if you'd agree andrew aw's kind of kept us all going this last year
3: yeah, I, I would definitely say AEW is kind of they, they've really taken t- taking the uh, I, I'm I'm trying to come up with a phrase, but they they they've done really really well th- throughout the pandemic. Like you said, it was kind of rough at, at the beginning, but like j- just seeing them at the, the 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 Cedar Park show it was this past Wednesday. Mm. One of the cooler things that I really liked was the the, the the younger guys, man. They are the draw. You know what I'm saying, and they are the forefront. Like that that's what yep. I like. Even seeing Darby Allen headlining the show, he. You know what I'm saying? Like, just seeing his progression in AEW throughout, you know, the past uh, almost two years that that they've been up and going. Like, like, dude, even when, um, like a couple couple weeks in AEW, he was headlining Dynamite. He had the matches with Jericho, had the mm-hmm. match with Mox for the title. Like, that's that's how like you see we've seen Jungle Boy's ascension. Like, that, that's how you that's how you do it. You gotta rely on the on the future on the future to do it. Like, and that's mm-hmm. like I, I think that's just the best way to go. Like, you know, yeah. WWE, like, they, they, I think they have a solid core group of wrestlers. And I, I think, like, sometimes they, they kind of forget the talent that they have on their roster because they kind of like to harken back to some of the talents of old. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to be there. I've never, like, legit had a problem with Edge. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to fake the funk and act like I, I've had some issue with Edge. But, like, I, I feel like if they would just, just, just try like e- even some of the talents that they got down there in the PC that nobody has seen yet. Like, mm-hmm. try try to start working with them. Well, I'm not saying throw them into the fire, but like, you know, what I'm saying come up with some different ideas. Like, let them get some shine. Like, the because the only way you, the only way that you will be able to find out if these people can hang is if you give them a shot. Like, I'm, I'm pretty like, and and, and not to compare the two, but like, let mm-hmm. let's say if if AEW felt like, hey, we don't think. Uh, jungle boy. We don't think Darby Allen or we don't think MJF is ready for this yet. Like, how, how would you know that if you don't give him a chance? Like, that's the only way. You gotta send him out there, and they gonna sink or swim. And if they're good enough, they gonna swim. So, like, I, I think it's, that's just another thing that WWE needs to focus on. And like, I, I feel like last night with their show that they had, um, you know, in, in Houston, I, it, it was it, it was a good show, but like, it, it, it just felt like so, so some of the the, the just the, it, it just felt like WWE in their usual booking, like even um next week, they like like Bianca Belair just got a win over Carmella Literally just beat her for the title last night and they announced that for next week. You know what I'm saying? Like with Cesaro, who came off that big big WrestleMania when he he they they did do something with him and he had a he had a title match right after that. But like it, it was some like just small like stuff. Like he had a match against Otis and it could have been so easy to have him Beat Otis and then do the whole post Match stuff where he got beat down but they did that During the match and it, it was a DQ and I it, it just didn't make like any Sense like the the probably the one thing Like while I'm speaking about that the one thing that Really stood out to me from last Night as far as this show goes was the reaction That Roman Reigns got and I was mm-hmm. looking at that because I was like you, you Know like I, it, it took Roman Reigns a long ass time but like Just mm-hmm. hearing that reaction that he got last night I was like okay now he's this this is what they've wanted for all these years, and you know, to to their own detriment. Because he could have probably could have been this for for years now, but now it's it's finally happening. So I, honestly, but I feel like WWE sometimes they just get in their own way, like with this week to week booking stuff. Like I'm telling you, like it it will not hurt to just plan stuff out for two months and like let it let it ride out the way it is. But yeah. like I I feel like like again, just focus on the future, man. Like you 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 got Zayn Owens. Uh, like i'm i'm not saying they're the future but like they're the you know those are your core your core people and then you got other people in nxt that's you know that's on the up and up like they, they just need to focus on the future more and then another thing another shining thing i think has been has been really cool you know coming well not, well we're not mean not out of the pandemic but just, just seeing how like sturdy the independent wrestling scene has kind of picked back up a little bit more because i mean, it seems, it seems like everybody was getting plucked but now it's like, you know, you starting to see like, you know, your Lee Moriarty's, uh, your AJ Gray's coming up. You, you got people who are like in it. Like I've I, I never even heard of like Ninja Mac before, but like I'm seeing this dude and I'm like, <laughs> who's this dude? Like it, he's like really good, a- athletic as hell. And like you said, you see, you're just seeing like just the next group, the next group of people like starting to step up as far as the independence goes. And like, yeah, I would say probably, um I think probably one of the obvious like flag bearers. Like so far has been GCW just with the variety of shows that they presenting. They mm. branched off and, and bought Jersey Championship Wrestling, and that's given people another opportunity. Like I mentioned, Jossie, he's been on those shows. You got Jordan Oliver. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's just yeah. It, it, I think the independent scene, like having this, you know, sort of uprise over the past year year and a half, has, has been an, another cool thing that's uh that's happening. You know, during this un, unfortunate time that we living through.
0: You know what? You know I think was a, a big star on WWE TV, and it's such a shame what's happened to her now. Bailey took that thing by the horn Man. and made herself an even bigger star because you know all the whole stuff with Michael Cole, and she really sort of like shone during that sort of like pandemic area of WWE, I thought. You want, mm. you, you, you
3: yeah. want, you want to know what's, you want to know what's the issue with WWE? Like they, they, they have an issue with as far as the the, the booking goes. They have an issue with having like pre- presenting someone after a big loss. Like they, they it's, it's like they don't know. Mm. Like with like e- e- we seen that we seen it with Kofi. Like coming out of a big loss, they just they don't know what to do. And like with Bailey, she lost the the match to Sasha Banks at the the Hell in a Cell last year, and like she was just like you know like they 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 kind of did something with her coming out of Survivor Series from what I remember, but after that it was just like you know she was just there, and then you know she didn't have a spot at WrestleMania, and it was like she kind of. You know she she kind of helped carry the women's division throughout that whole period of time. So you would feel like it's only right to you know reward her for that. But I mean, like i I think they do have an issue with like booking M- maybe, maybe' well, not just baby faces, but like just talents when they come off of a real big loss or or momentous loss, they just kind of like, uh, yeah, just throw them on TV the next week and we'll just see what happens. And that's why I, that's why I think another thing that they like I said mentioned uh a couple minutes ago is like, so, sometimes long-term booking and like as far as like planning stuff out, it's not bad. Like I know things can happen anytime between that, but like j- just having a sturdy plan in place, like it can do you a lot of good. And sometimes the easiest route is to just take them off TV. Like if they came up with big loss, mm-hmm. they don't have to be on TV the next week. They can take off mm-hmm. and and you know go away for a couple months and then give people time to miss them. And like you mentioned with Bailey, like I think that's gonna be a positive coming out for her because it's gonna give people time to miss her. Seeing she seeing this how she's been on T V from like I'm talking about on a consistent, consistent basis from like September twenty nineteen due to like her recent injury. So it's gonna give yeah, people time fair. to miss her. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's funny that she's still working the uh the gimmick on Twitter though, because there was some <laughs> some sign in the crowd, and she was like, "I'm here. I see my legs screaming, and I'm watching bullshit like this." <laughs> hey, I think that's hey, the hey, thing.
2: you say, that? That's the thing with WWE though, isn't it? Like they don't, no matter even if something's good in WWE, you never you, you always feel like you're getting like seventy percent of it. You're not getting it to its you know its best, you know, to what it what it could be in a in a best case scenario. Like I feel like WWE's Weird system is like. Don't get me wrong, they they are rigid and they have their way of doing things, and it's just the players that change. And mm. you know their way of doing things, unfortunately, is not a system like you said there, Andrew, where you know things are planned ahead of time, and they've got you know logic. Their way of doing things is the crazy old man at the top. You know, <laughs> on a whim, is like, oh yeah, yeah, let's 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 knock it Bailey a WrestleMania match or let's let's turn this person. Let's do this, and there's no attention to detail or if you do get behind someone like a Bailey, there's usually no reward at the end of it. Like you use the Darby Allen comparison before Andrew. And there's all the obvious things about Darby Allen. The fact that, you know, he's someone who he's small and he's, you know, someone who, you know, WWE never go with he'd have him on a suit and Smack on SmackDown. If he even got that far, he wouldn't be the relatable derby, current feeling Derby Allen, who, you know, you could imagine, you know, kids going to a to hot topic and it'd absolutely love that wouldn't happen in WWE because he doesn't fit their system in the way that they want. And they just they can't get out of their own way, you know, with things like that. I just feel like that that is wwe's issue at its crux that nothing is allowed to get as hot as it could get because they've got a rigid system of this is what gets over or this is how we do tv and we're not going to change and i just don't see that changing anytime soon
3: yeah we've we've heard like even people that you know have come out and done you know these interviews like it has been so constant like especially like with the recent wwe releases like we've heard these people like come out and like say you know hey we tried to pitch this we try to do this mm-hmm. we want to do that and they're like it, it's like everything is like at, at the at the end of the day like we've heard this so many times I ain't preaching to the choir like we, we we've all heard this like if, if Vince don't want it on TV it's not gonna be on TV like if you don't want it it's not gonna happen and like I don't think anything is going to change you know like until, until there's a new person in position there like I think like he's In his way, and that that's just the way it is. So, like I like even with me, like when I watch it, I try not to get too super duper invested in it. So, like I I know I'm not disappointed. I'm just like, oh, this is what's happening this week, and you know, I'm not really expecting anything, you know, crazy. So, so if it is good, then you know, I'll leave with the feeling that you know it was it was good because that that's just the system that's in place there while he's while he's running that. So, Mm. like I I mean I I think they do need to you know. But, I mean, I mean, it's not even really anything they can do. Like, it's just, you know, that's his vision, and that's what that that's what he wants, and I don't think anything's going to change as far as, like, you know, may, maybe that more attention to the details until there's, you know, somebody else in, in that position. But, like, I, I, I think just, just with that system, like, there that they have is just more so sort of, like, you know, if, if, if you're not viewed as somebody that can, you know, take it to, quote-unquote, the next level, or they can, you know, if they don't view you as that person that can like go on like the you know the morning talk shows and stuff like that and you know represent then you just won't be that person unless you, were, you know, like you you had just like few over the years that have gotten past that like the aj styles you know what i'm saying like aj can't I, like i was i'm like still to this day i'm like very surprised at like the run that aj has had like he came in like his first year he won a wwe championship like five months or six months into his run and then he won it another time like i was. Very, very surprised at the run he's able to have, like you know, not not being a you know WWE made guy and stuff like that. But you know, so it, I mean, it, you got your select few who's able to get through that. But for the most part, it's just you know, if they don't view you like that, then you you just won't ever be viewed in, in that manner.
0: No, exactly. I completely agree with you, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. But um Andrew, we've got you for a few more minutes, and uh, obviously, it's a big Slam anniversary show coming up tonight. Any yeah. Any predictions? I mean, you you've always got the uh, insider scoop. Uh, any predictions <laughs> on who's going to turn up tonight? Any crazy shenanigans? What's going to be happening on the show tonight? In your in your opinion?
3: Yeah, who's the honor facing? That's what I want to know. Mm. Man, that, that, see, 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 Benno, like you, you just mentioned something. Like, see, I thought that it was go- it was probably going to be Chelsea Green but mm-hmm. they're doing the whole thing with it's, it's going to be uh, Brian Myers and Tenille Dashwood versus Matt Cardona in in yes, and in a mystery. You, you, it it got to be. Chelsea. And then Scott the DeMore, like that I watched the, uh, the recent TV, he was like, oh, the match should be a hot mess. So like it, like he kind of like, I mean, but maybe they could swerve and it like, I, I don't know. I think that's just, I, I think it's good to like build stuff like that because maybe they, may, maybe it's a situation they don't want to be too obvious with it, but at the same time, like, you know, it, it, it got to be Chelsea mm-hmm. Green. But as far as Deanna, I'm going to say I'm I'm gonna say Mickey James. Yeah, that's what I, that's, that, that, that's who I'm gonna go with. But I'm I'm really looking forward to that uh that that ultimate ultimate X match. Um, and, and Josh Alexander be killing it, man. Like it's bad. I'm like. And ben Omar, I know you guys could very much attest to this. Like if, if new if, if the pandemic wasn't going on, the amount of talent that New Japan would be able to have for like a best mm. of super juniors would be unreal. Mm. Like the the Leo Rushes, the, the Josh Alexanders, man, like the the ACHs of the world. Like I'm pretty sure they would probably bring in somebody like a Lee Moriarty or like just like just j- just these abundance of talents that, you know, probably would be all over the place if the, the pandemic wasn't going on. And then of course, um, we got Omega and, and and Sammy Callahan. That's a no DQ match, and I think that's gonna be a uh, really good. I I, I I I genuinely don't know how Omega is still still doing it. He's working with a torn labrum and got all these other injuries. Like I I don't, I don't, I don't know how I, I I genuinely don't know how he's still holding himself together. I'm, I'm I know his body probably killing him right now, but yeah, he, he like he got all the all the titles, man, and he got the rest of these matches. You know, he got the match with Andrade coming up next month. Like he like I I I I don't know how dude do doing it. Like it's like it's just, just the torn labrum alone. Like I know that's hell to deal with.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um well I suppose wrestlers seem to be uh, have superhuman strength when it comes to these injuries. Um but Andrew, thank you so much for, for joining us. Really appreciate it, mate. Obviously love talking to you every month. Um any plugs you want to get in before uh, before you head out of here?
3: Uh just, just everybody go check out the Andrew Thompson interviews YouTube channel. Uh, and they can follow me on Twitter at E. D. Uh, underscore underscore. I, I try I tried to get the I tried to get the A D Thompson uh, re- regular Twitter <laughs> name but the but the dude ignored my DM so uh <laughs> fuck that so, guy. So that is what it is. <laughs> fuck <laughs> him and fuck that app then oh guy on
0: Twitter.
2: I
3: hate
0: that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Andrew. Andrew, it's always a pleasure.